Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. For the last few episodes, we've introduced the NLP technique of well-formedness conditions which adds the final layer to the journey of building our successful lives and ensuring our goals are robust and resilient. And because we've looked at all the well-formedness conditions separately, today I'm going to bring them all together and we'll take them out for a spin. Over the past few weeks, we've seen how taken individually, the well-formedness conditions gives us a great understanding on the specifics of our outcome and what needs to be done to achieve it. This also means we get even more clarity on who we need to be to deliver on the actions that will ultimately get us our results. Today, we'll get to see just how powerful this strategy becomes when we combine all the well-formedness conditions together and apply them all to our outcome. You might recall that when I introduced the well-formedness conditions, I said that there are two common ways our goals can fall down. Either the goal lacks sufficient and specific detail for it to be achieved, or the structure of the goal doesn't align it enough for us to really go for it. I also emphasise that whilst many people do really get that it's a good thing to work on goals, and might even ask some questions like, how do I get to my goal, or how do I know when I've arrived at my goal, If these questions are only considered on the run, that is after we've already immersed ourselves in the doing, doing, doing part of our goal, then whilst we may discover some answers, it's much more likely that we'll be spending a lot of time looping, maybe getting confused or feeling a bit overwhelmed, before we do eventually, maybe, perhaps, get any real clarity on our goal. In fact, the most common reason these questions come up on the run is because we've already hit up against some obstacles or resistance, or perhaps we're struggling to stay motivated. So when we're confronted with these challenges, it's only then we stop and begin to reflect, hmm, do I really want this goal? And maybe what exactly is the goal? Seeking the answers to the fundamental questions contained within the well-formedness conditions whilst already on the run is not at all systematic. So rather than closing the gate after the horse has bolted, we want to follow the NLP model of defining our goals to really maximise our opportunities for success. The NLP tools we've explored throughout this season of the NLP Matters podcast have been modelled and designed to maximise our potential to continue to build our successful lives. These tools replicate 
the successful strategies that consistently yield results. At the core of actually achieving our outcomes is the recognition that it's not just about giving our goals some detail. Rather, it is the specific kind of detail we use to define our goals that is critical to our success. And as we build these details into our goals, we need to encompass all different perspectives so that we ensure both conscious and unconscious alignment, thus also building our own drive, motivation and resilience to really go for what we've decided we want to have. Okay, now let's take the well-formedness conditions out for a spin with an example so we can see how these conditions apply. Let's say we have a goal to get a university degree, and this means we're returning to study after a number of years out of high school. And for the sake of this example, let's say we're pursuing a law degree so we can secure a career in law. And we'll assume that we've already applied the five success principles. So we have the overview at a high level, you know, the plan at a high level already. And the keys to an achievable outcome to our goal has enabled us to confirm that the goal is realistic, achievable, ecological, at a general structural level as well. For example, we know we can apply and get considered and accepted for a law degree. We also know the time it will take to complete it and the specific ideas about the aspects of law or the subjects we want to take. So we've worked our way through the keys to an achievable outcome questions. Now we get to use the well-formedness conditions to really build in the specifics and flex our muscles on defining our outcome at a detailed level. As you recall, the first of the well-formedness conditions is to state our goal in positive terms, not in terms of what we don't want, but in terms of what we do want. Stated in the positive also means we're moving towards a goal rather than away from an unwanted state. So again, we're watching out for those comparative words like more than, less than, better, etc. In our case, we avoid using phrases like I'm better off or less worried about my future. So we could state our goal in this way. It is May 2024. I'm stepping onto the stage and walking across it in the university hall. I have my mortar board on my head and am dressed in my graduation robes with the blue sash, or you can look up whatever colour sash you want, applies to your university. I doff my hat and shake the hand of the university dean as she hands me my graduation certificate, and I walk off the stage telling myself, I did it, and feeling a great sense of achievement. This is a clear goal. Notice there's no mention of anything we did not want. Rather, it is written as a positive statement focused entirely on what we do want. The second condition is to confirm our goal is initiated and maintained by us. Here we're checking the goal is for us, ourselves. It's not somebody else's goal. And our goal's not a test for ourselves either. It's not about proving or disproving something. When we want to ensure we have both conscious and unconscious alignment, we want to be clear we aren't getting a degree for someone else, like trying to impress someone or competing with a sibling or in a desperate attempt to gain the approval of a parent. 
or even trying to prove we're good enough. Our goal is about us and what we want to achieve in our life. It might be a long-held ambition or passion, but it's our goal. And we also need to confirm that achieving the goal is in our control. We're not relying on someone else to achieve the goal for us. We can do it ourselves. The third condition is where we move into describing the outcome in specific sensory-based details. And we'll also identify the steps needed to get to the goal. Now, it may not be every step, but the more detail we can add into the steps to achieve our goal at this point, the better. Remember, we're creating sensory-based descriptions, which means describing what we'll see, hear and feel, as in externally feeling like touch and texture and temperature, as well as what we're telling ourselves and feeling internally. For our university degree example, we would say something like, I can see the hall packed with hundreds of people. Every seat is filled. As I look around the room, I see people smiling, taking photos with their phones. There's selfies everywhere. The stage is filled with rows of seats occupied by distinguished academics wearing their academic gowns and caps. Their hoods are bright red, blue, turquoise greens, representing their different faculties. They all look a bit like actors dressed for their parts in a medieval play. In the hall, I can see my partner or child or best friend or mum and dad proudly smiling and waving. I hear the excited chatter and lots of applause. I'm stepping onto the stage and walking across it in the university hall. I have my mortarboard on my head and am dressed in my graduation robes with the blue sash. I hear someone calling out my name, Go Joe! I'm focused on the dean as I doff my hat, feeling the stiffness of the mortarboard in contrast to the tassel that softly brushes my wrist. I shake the hand of the university dean as she hands me my graduation certificate. I can feel the smooth plastic sleeve that protects the certificate. It feels a bit heavier than I expected. I look up and out over the crowd. I see my family standing up, applauding and cheering as I walk off the stage. And I'm telling myself, I did it. Wow, the feeling, great. The sense of achievement is welling up inside me as I walk down the steps and make my way back to my seat. Yes, I did it. I worked hard. I got through the barriers. I learned so much. And now I'm reaping my rewards. So now we have a sensory-based description for our unconscious mind to focus on. The more vivid, the better, because our unconscious mind can really get on board with our goal now. We're speaking the language of our unconscious mind. Pictures, symbols, sensory experiences. This is how we will experience our goal, and only now can our unconscious get it. We can imagine this as if it's happening. We can watch it like a movie, as if it's in the present. And the more we watch this movie and return to this sensory-based vision of our success, the more motivated we are to achieve it. This is what Kathy Freeman did in the 2000 Olympics. This is what Martin Luther King did 
when he said, I have a dream. This is what Nelson Mandela did when he stood for election as President of South Africa. This is how we build our successful lives. No matter how we define our success, this is the way we do it. The fourth well-formedness condition is to make sure the goal is ecological. Remember, here we're doing both internal and external checking. The internal check is being really curious about whether the goal, as we've created it now with all the details we've added in, aligns with our identity, our values, our beliefs and rules, our skills and capabilities. All and any internal things that could, maybe, perhaps, come up whilst we're pursuing our goal. Then the external check explores our awareness of the consequences of achieving our goal. What will it give us? What will it take away? What are the costs and benefits we will have as we pursue the goal? What does it mean in terms of time, energy, relationships, social life, other goals and desires? Are we aware of and okay with the consequences of our goal on ourselves and on others? As we do our internal check about our goal to get a law degree at university, we might discover that getting a degree does not totally align with our identity. Perhaps we might be like lots of other people who emerged from the education system believing I'm dumb or not smart enough or something like that. This belief might be because of some negative experience we had at school and often it's very early in school. Maybe we didn't learn to read as fast as some other kids or perhaps we were challenged by spelling or maybe we weren't so good at standing up at the front of the classroom and doing those times table games where they call out seven times nine and your mind goes blank. For whatever reason, we may have created a limiting belief about ourselves. If we have that belief, it's a part of who we believe we are as a person. So it is a part of our identity. I think we can all see how perhaps this belief could be an obstacle to us succeeding in our goal to pursue a law degree. All this means is that now we know we have the belief, so we can clear it or work on it. We may do some work clearing it before we start at university, or we may start and work on the belief as we go along. The main point here is to be aware that we have that belief, and sometimes on our journey towards our goal, it will most likely pop up. It may show up as self-doubt. Or it might be some sort of sabotage strategy, such as forgetting to hand in assignments or leaving everything to the last minute. Regardless of if or how it shows up, we can now recognize it as that old thing that we used to believe. And ideally, we'll develop a strategy for letting it go. We might have a laugh at ourselves, or we might just treat it as an old friend, acknowledge it and move on. Find a strategy that works for you to manage those sort of beliefs. And of course, as we do our internal ecology check, we won't just find misalignment. We're going to find lots of things that do align as well. Our goal could align with our values, like the value of growth, or other beliefs such as education is the key to prosperity. In the ecology check at this level of detail, we're bound to discover that something or things align and others don't align with our goal. We want to discover that because now that we do, we give ourselves the opportunity to really do some personal development and build that alignment so our identity, values and beliefs 
can grow and evolve to match the success we've chosen to have. And now we do the external check. Okay, we're returning to study. Perhaps we have a couple of kids and a partner. So we would be checking in how does my goal and the steps to get me there impact on them? For example, if I'm working or I'm the breadwinner in the family, then we might need to do some planning to make sure the family can manage the loss in income while I'm at uni. It might mean my partner working more or getting a new job or something like that. And of course, with a couple of kids, I'd have to work out how our family could reorganise given each member's needs and situations. Now, unless I check my goal and develop an ecological plan for these adjustments, then I'm risking not only my successful attainment of my goal, but potentially also the quality of my important relationships in life. And there are many other external aspects of our life that we should consider as we do this very important external ecology check on our goal. The fifth condition is where we ask ourselves, is there more than one way to achieve this goal? This question provides the opportunity to get creative as we explore how else could we achieve this goal. Remember, we don't want to be trapped with only one option. When we have options and choices about how we achieve our goal, there's often a release of energy. We don't feel trapped with only one choice. It's more like, wow, I've got so many choices here. And of course, it also gives us the reassurance that if our first way doesn't turn out so good, we can choose another way to achieve our goal. In the case of our university degree, we could look at many different universities. We could consider on-campus or online studies or a mixture of both. The current circumstances with an international pandemic provides an ideal environment for studying online which means our choice of courses or universities is not limited perhaps by the commuting distance to a university. We can also look at how quickly we can complete our degree. Most universities these days offer three semesters per year and that could mean we could fast track it or we could slow it down, we could do it part-time. And we can look at different courses that would also help us achieve our outcome. For example, If we don't gain access to our preferred course when we first apply, we might want to ask ourselves, what's the back door in? If we plan to study law, the back door commonly used is to enrol initially in an arts degree and then after completing first year, apply to transfer across to law. Okay, let's have a look at the sixth condition. This is where we go and review and confirm the steps for our goal that we identified earlier and we expand the sensory-specific detail on our first step towards our success. We want to make sure that the sensory-specific detail is clear, vivid, and achievable. When we embrace this opportunity to fill out the first step with as much detail as we can muster, we're actively engaging our unconscious into the pursuit of our goal. We're building and creating that congruent alignment so essential to our success. So we can go, yes. And this means we're already on our way to achieving our goal. We've already started. And now all we have to do is follow the steps we've outlined. In our study example, our first step might be to decide which universities we'll apply for. 
and that means we could begin by investigating all the universities that offered the law degree we wanted to study. We would probably write a list with our preferred university at the top and perhaps three or up to about seven others that could meet our criteria. And then maybe we'll shortlist it to the top three based on some additional criteria we've identified. For example, it could be the credibility of the law degree based on where graduates from that university are currently working or where they've ended up. We might then ring up the course chairs for each of the courses and have a discussion centred on a list of questions that we've already developed about the course they're offering. We could read reviews from current and past students and do more research around what employment prospects are out there for the specific law courses we're considering. And finally, we'll move into the seventh of the well-formedness conditions. And this is where we get to confirm that our goal actually increases the choices that we have. When a goal is perceived to reduce our choice or limit us in some way, then we'll lose alignment and congruent commitment to really go for the goal. This final well-formedness condition allows us to check that both the process of pursuing our goal and ultimately achieving the goal itself does give us more choice in our life. The choices may be created because we've learned new things about ourselves and or the world we're in. We might have picked up new skills and capabilities or gained access to increased resources. When we evaluate our example of going to do a law degree from this perspective, it's pretty easy to see that if I want a career in law, then completing a law degree definitely gives me increased choices about how I can pursue this career than if I didn't have a law degree. Our choice of subjects in the law degree and even the specific university we choose should be assessed in terms of will they give us more choice around employment, career, income and standard of living. And having gone to a university, we would certainly have more choices available to us because we've learned things about ourselves, others and the world we live in. We know more than we knew before doing the study, which means we now have more choice and options about how we respond to things around us. So there you have it. Putting the well-formedness conditions together and applying them to our goals means we can get very excited, motivated and clear about our way forward. As we use the well-formedness conditions, we're building alignment and resilience into our goal, which then means we can be certain that our outcome is achievable, congruent and ecological. Armed with this certainty, we can now really become unstoppable as we set off in pursuit of our goals. Join me in the next episode when we bring together our first season of NLP Matters, Building Our Successful Lives. And as a special gift, I'll have an ebook for you to download as we focus on the powerful NLP goal-setting strategies we've explored throughout this season. The five principles for success, the keys to an achievable outcome, and the well-formedness conditions. Because I know that you now know just how powerful setting goals with NLP can get. Stay awesome, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas, or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. 
Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.